Oh, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. This podcast is dedicated to all the women out there who are aspiring to have a career while raising a family. And bitch? Well, that's more than a name and even an attitude. (laughs) We use it as an acronym. It's for bank, inbox, time, connection, and harmony. Each episode is labeled according to the correct topic so that you can efficiently find the topic that you're looking for. I'm here to tell you, you can have your cake and eat it too. The trick is finding efficient ways to get through the have-tos so that you can make room for your best life. I can show you how. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. If this is your first time here, welcome to the Beehive. I'm so glad you came. If you've been around a while, welcome back. I think you will really enjoy today's episode. So today is all about time, and I have a wonderful guest here who's going to teach us all about advisory boards and ways to use other people's knowledge to improve our time management. Hi, Sandy. Welcome. Hi, Melissa. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. How about we start with a little introduction? Why don't you tell us who you are, where you come from, and how you do life? I'm Sandy Webster. I'm currently sitting in Brooklyn, New York, the best place in the world. (laughs) The center, epicenter of the world is Brooklyn, New York. I've grown up in Brooklyn. I've lived here my whole life. I don't plan on ever leaving Brooklyn if I don't have to, because everything you want is here from people to products. I had a company that I sold, which is a marketing company. And now I've dedicated my time and my new business to helping women. And I help them in two ways. One is I coach women business owners on how to scale and grow their business to the point where they would like to sell it or exit it, whatever they choose to do. And secondly, how to use an advisory board or how to form an advisory board to support them in their day-to-day and decision-making. So those are the two things I do now, and I'm passionate about both. That's awesome. Yeah, me too. For a couple of reasons. I love entrepreneurs. They are my people. That's who I am too. Just, I geek out thinking about Everything that we're looking at, right? From the microphone to the clothes I'm wearing, that was somebody's passion project. Some entrepreneur had this idea to make this happen. And then they saw a product and then decided to make it even better. And so like business owners are totally my people. But also just... say though, Melissa, I'm a little scared of products. (laughs) I'm a service service girl. I dream of making a product. I have products in my head. But to actually put it into actualization just freaks me out. Yeah, there's a lot to it, for sure. And they are different business models, right? Having a service business versus a a commodity. And it's complicated. I love working with both. I do, in Two Cents Consulting, work with both types of entrepreneurs. And it's so fulfilling and so rewarding to build a business and watch it grow. But to your point... One day, you will have to let it go, whether that be you sell it, you close it, you retire, something is going to come into place for that. So I am completely with you on that that passion. And then as well, the person behind it, right? And often, I think you and I both work with women. I don't only work with women, but they tend to be drawn to me, which I love. (laughs) But let's talk about this concept of an advisory board, because I think that really can help with the time 
with the time category of women are often bringing on a lot of things that don't belong to them necessarily and trying to come up with different ways to use other people's expertise. So give me the basic definition of what an advisory board is and how that process you've seen work well. I'll start with what an advisory board is not. Okay. It's not a board of directors. You don't have fiduciary responsibility, which means you can get sued for decisions you make. Those are for the big corporate boards or some nonprofits have board of directors, but you can also have an advisory board. Mm -hmm. And that's a group of people that are just there to help you. People you select. There are paid boards and there are unpaid boards, total volunteers. My board was a totally volunteer group, but you treat them the same way as you would a paid board. They are there to give you their advice. I usually select experts in their field, experts that I need help, (laughs) different parts of the business where I need help. And they come in and I have to say, my board was so amazing. I started a board very early in my business. I knew I wanted to grow my business to sell it from the moment I formed it. So my business partner at the time we formed an advisory board, maybe in two years, three, two or three of the company. And they were really instrumental in guiding us, particularly my CFO. He was on my board and then he became my CFO because he was so good. And just had to set up our business. We built it to sell. And yeah. I could not have done that without the board. They held my hand the entire way. For example, time-wise, we were spending a lot of time trying to find a good salesperson. We just could not get it right because I didn't come from sales. Peggy didn't come from sales. And so when you're not from that field and you're trying to select what you think, it doesn't save you time. Yeah. Once I got someone on my board who could say, this is the type of person you need. Let me sit in on the interviews to hear if you're asking the right question. Oh my gosh, everything changed. It was a game changer. Yeah, it's so interesting, right? People will try to go out and build a 20-year career in all of the elements that it takes to build a business, in finance and in marketing and in sales. Those are different things. And what I think I hear you saying is, don't try to be an expert in all of the things. Find an expert to help you. And we're not. We have to admit that we're not. As business owners, we like to think that we know everything and the world revolves around us and Mm -hmm. we don't have a hand in it. We need to get out of our own way. Just pay the money. And, And I know that's easy to say because when you're an entrepreneur and you're bootstrapping, You don't have the money to pay, but it's money or time, right? How much time is equal to your money? You can spend uh, a year trying to do it yourself and you're really losing money because you're losing time. You're wasting time rather than pay someone a fee and have them done. They can do this in 10 times the amount of time it would take you to do it. Yeah, that's right. That's where the time money So what type of people do you typically help people find board members? So I would imagine finance. I would imagine sales, marketing. What other type? HR? It's all the different things that you need in your company. 
So there are two components to my company. One is I help you form your board and help you uh, help guide you to form your board. And if you still feel like you don't have the right people, I can help you find a person that you need to go on your board. So mm-hmm. yes, all the things you just said from HR, those are the most common ones, marketing, mm-hmm. HR, a lawyer, an accountant, they make great board members, I do have to say. Yeah. But all the different pieces, sales that you need to run your company, technology, a bookkeeper, like list it, like write it out, all the things that you want in your company, where you, not only just where you are, but where you need to get to, right? And write it out. And if you get someone under your board, let's say you want to get to $10 million in revenue and you really need that salesperson, you might be at a million. You want someone who could help you get there, right? And you're going to put that strategy, they're going to help you put that strategy in place on how to grow your business to that point. And just make sure you've got someone who's done it before. Yeah, <laughs> that is the key is make sure you have an expert. <laughs> A real expert, not someone who wants to be one. <laughs> yes, but get their backgrounds, get their resume, just like you would any other job that you have. Yeah. To make sure you're what you're getting into. Yeah, that's awesome. Along the lines of time management for me in my book, I structure it in three ways. It's delegate, eliminate, and automate. And the delegation part, I think for a lot of people, and particularly women, can be very challenging. And I really love this idea of an advisory board. Because even if you're not ready to completely give it over yet, you can at least have an expert helping you think about what that might look like in the future. Yes. Just giving you some of that guidance so that the voices can stop in your head and you can actually structure it in some type of formidable plan. And I think that's really cool. And they can help you come up with a plan Mm -hmm. because they have it. They've done it already. So you are not going back to the drawing board. You're not starting from scratch. You're taking something that's been proven by them and you're building on it for yourself and changing it for yourself. And do you help, do you believe that it's better to have these experts together in one meeting or is it separate meetings for each board member? Oh no, I like having them all in a room. So I'm an advocate of having quarterly meetings Mm -hmm. and you bring them all together this is, this was my personal thing, my personal beef, because I also have personal advisory boards as well. And I had my own personal advisory board when I was in corporate. When I go to one mentor or a sponsor or when I call my board member alone, they give me one piece of advice. Mm-hmm. I go to the second one, they give me a totally different piece of advice. And so you're confused by the time you leave there. But when you have them all in a room and they can bounce the idea off each other, we come to consensus. We leave the room saying, we all agree on this path for you. Yeah. And that way, no one's feeling like, oh, she didn't listen to me because you all agree. And it might not be the best path path that person thinks, but it's the path you all agreed on taking. Yeah, I agree. Corporations have this type of structure, right? There are the C-suite that get together, the executive committee, whatever that is that gets together. The individual tower has its own priorities and its own expertise. But when you bring that group together, 
dialogue can happen. Problems can be solved. Brainstorming happens a lot faster. And so I love that you're bringing this to small businesses, but also it sounds like to individuals. That's pretty unique. Individuals, even young people, athletes need it when they're thinking about what college to go to. People, just people who don't have the money. If you put together a group of people to help you, oh my God, wonders they will perform. Yeah, that's awesome. So how do you find your people who you, do you help place people into those advisory boards or do you help them find and source the person that may be the right fit for them? A little bit of both. Because I have a very broad network, sure. a really broad network, so I can call on people that I know if I think, do they have the bandwidth to do that? Then it's quarterly, so usually it's not a big stretch if you're looking for someone permanent for your board. So we have a fractional board member, mm-hmm. so to speak, who can come in for one meeting or two meetings. And then you, you, what you really do want to have is someone who's going to be there for a year, which is mm-hmm. like four meetings. It's really not that uh, earth shattering. It's not that hard. But what you will get from those four meetings is consistency of the same person and making sure that you're following your strategic plan that you laid out, someone who will hold you accountable. When you have someone new coming in all the time, they don't have that accountability factor. And there are pros and cons to both, right? Yeah. When you really just need a CFO to look things over, pretty much if you're a good CFO, you can walk in and say, okay, this is my perspective on this. But if you are, you want someone invested in your business to help you grow it, then that's better to have someone who's a long-term kind of member. And of course, they have terms. I, I let all my board members have terms, whether one year or two years, because mm-hmm. you don't want that continuity. Factor. Yeah, absolutely. I sit on two boards, both non-for-profits. I sit on a board for Planned Parenthood in Arizona and a board of directors where we have responsibility and we have things that we have to do. And then I also set an advisory board for a not-for-profit youth camp. And they are very different. My time is used very differently on each of them, but it has been incredibly rewarding and fulfilling for my career and leveling up my expertise. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I don't need a, a board of advisors or I don't need to create one, maybe you want to serve on one because it is really fulfilling in a number of ways. So I yeah. love that. I think sitting on a board, you really see the impact of what yeah. you do and then you want that for yourself. I've belonged to numerous boards over the years, all different kinds, especially women's organization. And I'm, I'm, I am passionate about helping women. So yeah. I belong to a lot of those boards. NABO, I've helped all nonprofits, women in, and for entrepreneurs who are paid with large companies as well as the startup entrepreneurs as well. Mm-hmm. And you, you make such a difference. You really do in a business. Yeah, I love that. So one of my other favorite parts of time management is automation. And I do talk a lot about technology because I, I'm a millennial and I, I think technology is cool. But I also am a big believer in automation of your habits and of your routines and the things that you do. So maybe talk to me a little bit about some habits or some routines that have worked well for you, but maybe also habits and routines as it relates to building a board and and how those things may work together. Sure. So I stuck at personal routine. Like I'm just that person. 
I, my routine is I work late. Mm-hmm. I go to bed like 3 a.m. Thankfully, I'm three to four hours of sleep, max. And so some people would say that's a horrible routine. <laughs> yeah, I'm exhausted hearing that. <laughs> For me, it's just really how I'm made. I've yeah. done my entire life. It annoys people to get emails at three in the morning. So I've learned how to, I've, my new habit is to not send the emails at 3 a.m. or yeah. <laughs> so I was like tricking them into thinking I'm sending. Yeah. But little things like that, you do have to learn, though. You have to take other people's habits and concerns into your consideration. And I find that even with a company, people think they must respond right away. Mm-hmm. And I, this is one of my habits is to put in my email, I do not need for you to respond or make sure you tell someone the time frame that you need. Mm-hmm. Please respond by this date, this time. Because right. the moment you get an email, your habit is just to respond to it. Or you flag it and you never see it again. Yeah. You never respond to it because you don't see it. Yeah. So those, I tend to use Microsoft suite of products. And I find using the calendaring feature and the to-do list is my habit. I color code my calendar. Mm-hmm. That's a good habit. When it's done, I make it green so that I know I did that task. I don't have to do any follow-up. If I make it yellow, then it means I still need to follow up on something and I bring it over to a future date. So I automatically schedule a follow-up to that. And when it's completely, I didn't even get to it, it's red. So I use my green, yellow, red stoplight. Yeah. For me, it's a good habit because as soon as I look at my calendar, I'm like, oh my God, everything doesn't read up. I need that done. And sometimes I've developed this habit too. I try to do the difficult things first in the morning. Because otherwise I put them off and I put them off. Oh, I, this is so easy to do. Let me get it done. So I really try to do the, the tough stuff first thing. And if it, t- it might take me three hours or four hours to get it done, then at least when it's done, if it's not, I touch it every day. Yeah. I bring it over to the next day and I'll put another block of time against it, but I don't just let it go away. So my calendaring is, I think, the best habit that I have. It's funny. I use color codes in my calendar in a different way, but I think they're so powerful because there's so many different ways to do it. So like I have purple if it's something personal, if I have a hair appointment or a doctor's appointment. I have green for my business. I have yellow for my podcast. I have red for my children, right? Like blue if it's a household thing, like if the we our air conditioning went out recently. So something like that happening. And it I can look at it quickly and decide, do I need to get dressed in the morning and put makeup on? <laughs> Depending upon what my day looks like, what are the chances that I'm going to have any braid power at the end of the day to do something? So I love the color thing. And there's so many different ways that you can use it just depending upon what you're juggling. 
And depending upon how you're managing your time, the steel part of that, it's just for me, it's always been like, I can look at it and be like, oh, it's all blue. I don't have to get dressed because it's all household stuff today. Usually you see that on Saturdays or Sundays. Some days I do three or four podcasts and I try to at least look like I didn't just roll out of bed when I'm on video like this. So I need to see that early on so that I know what's happening. There's just, there's a lot of cool ways that you can use calendars and color codes to be able to manage your time. So Dad, I'm going to actually add some of what you just said to my calendar. Oh, because good. We, well, some people use calendaring very differently. They don't, not only don't they color code, but they have two separate calendars, one for business, one for personal. That drives me nuts. I can't so, do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't differentiate the business from personal, which I think I'm going to try now that I've heard yeah. about that. But when I look at my calendar in the morning and I see that red, I know I have to get to it immediately. It needs attention, right? So I, I can focus and put my time there and then I'll do some of the yellow stuff. And once it's all done, I, it's green and I'm yeah. done. I write about this quite a bit in my book, but Google calendars have been the best for me because I can bring in multiple email addresses into one calendar. And so... The doctor's appointment may be scheduled to my personal email where my kids' sporting events may be scheduled to our family email or my work email, but I can see it all on one calendar. But I also use paper calendars on a daily basis because it just helps me. It helps me declutter, honestly. If I have a bunch of things on my calendar and and then I write it down on paper and I think get rid of three of those things, right? Because I do that. I overschedule myself just like everybody else. I have all these great intentions, but at the end of the day, sometimes I do too much. So having a paper calendar gives me that opportunity to decide not to do it or to kick it into the future. (laughs) I only print out my calendar by the month because I give it to my husband. And then I'm like, you have my calendar now. (laughs) <laughs> I don't do it every day. I do it once a week. And I said, here's my calendar. Yeah. You know what vacation time we have on this? Don't schedule me for things that I'm already booked for. Right. You'll absolutely say, yes, we can go. And I'm like, no, we can't. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to. Yeah. To yeah, that's awesome. Sandy, this was amazing. Thank you so much. I I love all of the things that you're working on in helping women business owners. It's definitely much needed. Would you share with our audience where they can find you and how they can continue a conversation with you? Sure. I'm pretty much Sandy with an I, Dr. Sandy Webster on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram. I'm on all the social media. And if you use F-A-N-D-I Webster, you can usually find me. I it will talk about advisory board. I'm the right person if you see helping advisory <laughs> board because I'm just I've been doing it for so long that I'm really passionate about helping women with that. So you can find me on all the social media. Awesome. If not, my email is my name. It's so simple. My website is my name, sandywebster.com. My email is sandy at sandywebster.com. Perfect. I'm very findable. Good, good. We'll make sure to include all of that in the show notes. And I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. I'm so glad that you came today. If you haven't subscribed, please make sure that you do so you don't miss another episode. We drop episodes every week. So until then, I'm Melissa Leung. See ya. 
Well, that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new around here, please be sure to leave us a review on any podcast platform you're listening to. And you can always reach out to me to let me know what topics you're interested in hearing about or maybe telling me someone you think would be great for the show. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at EfficiencyBee. Until next time, see ya.